0: Welcome to another episode here of the Sci Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm the side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Sci Guys is Tad the Sci. And Tad, 43 days away from kickoff. Like, I mean, it's just getting here sooner and sooner and That's the whole reason why we've dived headfirst into all this fantasy content, because because the NFL season is coming that much closer, that means all your fantasy drafts are coming that much sooner as well. So we want to make sure that all of you that are listening, all of you that are watching us on YouTube as well, are very much prepared as you head into your various drafts, you know, aware about who to draft, who to avoid, you know figuring all of that stuff out to make sure that you guys are winning titles because we've said this before we will continue to say it all season long me and Tad, our main goal is to win you guys championships win you guys titles whether it's a you know one of the trophy belts that they have or whether a lot of people are going into like the rings now so it's like getting you a ring or just the standard just a standard trophy like I, mean, I was about to say to-
1: should I go grab my trophy right now because the trophy is still <laughs> sitting in my closet
0: <laughs> no you can grab it for the next episode okay then. um but yeah even Some people do some standard trophies as well. So whatever it is that you are fighting for your respective leagues, we want to make sure that you are the one last man standing, reigning in your league, various leagues, whatever you're playing in. So, yeah, that's why me and are here to make sure you are prepared to win all your various
1: leagues. And look, uh, today's episode is going to be an interesting one because this position that we are going to talk about is oof, oof. oof, It's been a fantasy i don't want to say death field that feels a little harsh but it's close to it It's it's very interesting
0: and i mean like we'll throw up the banner here because i mean no way to delay it here but i mean it's just like oh you're gonna take it off as yeah, i throw there it we go, the there banner. we go There <laughs> we go. There of we go. course bigger yeah of course there we're gonna talk about tiny
1: podcasts everybody there you
0: go exactly um so yeah, we're going to talk about tight ends in today's episode, and if you haven't caught any of our previous episodes, we have been diving into every fantasy position so far. So we have done quarterbacks, we have done running backs, and we have done wide receivers as well. So make sure you check out those episodes. But as always, if to in this episode, then go back and listen to those episodes. Yeah, so there
1: we, go. We, can tell. Like- we can tell how long you've been looking or listening or watching, so true. we're on to you. And for the most part, you can listen to us out of order. It's not like a sequential thing. It's not
0: like you know, secret evasion where you have to start with no, episode don't one bring and that episode, up. episode Do not six.
1: bring that up. You're i are not going to bring that I, up. I didn't see it yet. I said 2 a.m. for that finale. <laughs> I was so mad.
0: I didn't see it yet, so of course it's we're not so going to bring it up. It's I'm just, just talking boy. about the fact it's that it's just, just like you don't have to want, listen or watch it sequentially. You could jump around. So yeah, finish listening to this. And then go back and list those previous episodes because we dive into all of those. We've dropped all of our rankings for all those various episodes as well. So, yeah, pretty soon we'll be dropping our tight end rankings as well as our positional rankings for kickers and defenses too. So we'll do that make sure for sure. Um, But, yeah, we, you can we see the ticker down we below. We need to have can-
1: Chauncey on here just so I can bitch about Secret Invasion.
0: <laughs> um, he'll probably have us on to talk about it. 100% yeah, no, sure
1: I, he better because but- I, am, I am furious. But,
0: yeah, as the always, we're going to tease it a little bit earlier here. But, yeah, you see the ticker down below. You can see all of our rankings on social media as well as all of our episodes. i will be dropping. You can follow us on Twitter. You got me at over the side 23, Tad, Tad, side, 94. You got the show handle at The Decide Guys. And, of course, on Instagram. That's where we're dropping our episodes as well as our rankings on Instagram as well at The Decide Guys there. So, Tad. Let's not put it off any longer. Let's get into today's episode. We're going to start it off the way that we've done in the previous episodes. We're going to jump into our rankings, but we're not going to go into our full rankings like we've done in previous years. We're only going to talk about the top guy, the head guy, the main guy at the position. And I mean, this year, it's pretty much the same as I think past probably say six years I'd like to say like I think it's just he's clear-cut the number one guy I don't think right. that's ever changed and right, you know all right,
1: all right all right all right this is where we nail it are it's you not ready to happen it's, it's not gonna happen. happen with your delay it's not gonna happen it's gonna happen <laughs> I
0: don't think so
1: let's try it okay Okay. all right on three yeah one two three Travis, Travis Kelsey. Kelsey why did you See, I that told you. Your delay, no, that was, your fault. Right. that was your fault. That was your fault. You dragged no. it out. That was absolutely your fault. Fine. Why do we like Travis Kelsey? Bastard.
0: Tad <laughs> um, will get into how he does his rankings, obviously, once he talks about Travis Kelsey a little bit. But, you know, I go with the standard approach of going to pre-draft rankings as far as, like, you know, these are guys that are going to be targeted earlier as opposed to later. And, you know, like I talked about, for the past, you know, five to six years, maybe even a little longer than that, Travis Kelsey has been the number one fantasy tight end because, I mean... In that offense, like, especially now that Tyreek Hill has been traded away to Miami the past season, like, he is the main go-to guy for Patrick Mahomes. Like, I mean, I know we saw Patrick Mahomes spread the ball around a little bit more, you know, with Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling and, you know, Kadarius Tony when he was acquired and a little bit of Sky Moore, but, you know, still – Whenever he really needs a guy to come up with a clutch catch to move the ball down the field, when he's a really big uh, reception to move the offense down the field, it's always going to be Travis Kelsey. I mean, Tad, if you look at his stats from last year, he was one of four tight ends with over 100 targets. So pretty good there, right? He was the only tight end. With that over a hundred receptions, that shocked me. Yeah, that there was, was a couple that were yeah. close. I think T.J. Hawkinson was close, but yeah, he is the only one with a hundred receptions. He is the only tight end with a thousand receiving yards. Once again, some guys came close with nine hundred, but yeah, he was the only one to cross the four-digit mark. He was one of two tight ends to finish with double-digit touchdowns. Quick uh, pop quiz here, Ted. Do you know the other tight end fish double-digit to touchdowns?
1: Um, man, I want to say. Dallas Goddard? No. Ah, Dallas Goddard. It was my
0: boy, George Kittle. He finished with 11 touchdowns. Damn it.
1: Um,
0: And this is the crazy one here, Tad. This is why I say, like, he is the first guy you take. Like, he is in a tier all by himself at the tight end position. He finished with 100 more fantasy points than the guy that came in second place. He had 316.3 fantasy points in PPR leagues, and the second guy came in with 215.4 fantasy points. That was TJ Hawkinson, and I mean just – that shows you just last year, like I said, with Tyreek Hill gone – he is just that much more involved in the offense. It is clear that in the passing offense, he is the first guy to look at in the progression. Then it goes on to everybody else. So, I mean, yeah, it's going to continue to stay that way. He's healthy. That's the biggest thing. Like, I mean, maybe I jinxed that. I'm going to knock on wood here to say that he's probably going to be healthy this year as well. But that's another factor as to why he's the clear-cut number one option as well, because he stays healthy, and he's very, very productive. So, I mean, it's like, Tad, got anything else to add there? Because I feel like it's pretty succinct there. <laughs> I mean,
1: with – Drafting Travis Kelsey, one of the things that you have to keep in mind is you're not really drafting a tight end and what that and by that I mean you are drafting a wide receiver number one because he puts up those type 100%. type of numbers and I mean like you said it's like go back and listen to our you know wide receiver episode for how to do this correctly. but if you are going to pursue Travis Kelsey in the first round, which let's be real, Travis Kelsey's not lasting. Pass the first round and what 90, 95% of drafts. Yeah. Safe to say that. Yeah, exactly. So if you draft him, I, I'm not going to say that's a bad strategy, but if you draft well with wide receivers and running backs on top of drafting Kelsey, all of a sudden you are a team to beat because you just locked down one of the hardest positions in fantasy football to lock down. So yes, I could throw a million stats at, you know, your way. But here's the thing is Travis Kelsey's dependable, and uh Kansas City still does not have a super dependable weapon other than him in the passing game so I think that if you draft Kelsey and you draft well uh, you know elsewhere, oh my god your your team's a super team so but that's the whole problem is do you go for yeah this is the question we're gonna get on social media is do I go for Travis Kelsey because he's a tight end? I say yes if you are confident in your drafting abilities later on. So that's the thing is can you hit on those sleepers? Because if you draft Kelsey and you hit on the sleepers, you're golden.
0: Yes, and we'll definitely get into some of those sleepers as well, and then we're going to get into some busts as well at the position. But I think the big thing that I want to close this out before we move on to those sleepers and busts dad is that – We've talked about this. It's the consistency. And at this Mm. specific position, at the tight end position, it's like, it's always fluctuating as far as who is in the top five, who is in the top 10. So it's like, you know, you can sort of find a guy a little bit later, but you just don't know. It's always been different every single year, as far as who is those guys that are finishing in the top 10, top 12, what have you. But if you can get the guy that's consistently going to be in the top I'd probably say definitely top two because there was a couple of years where Mark Anders ended up finishing at tight end one. But I mean still just the fact that you could depend on Travis Kelsey, Mark Anders.
1: Oh, I thought you said Anderson.
0: No, Mark Andrews Damn it. out of Baltimore. Damn it. Damn <laughs> um, it. But just the biggest thing is just, like I said, you could depend on him every single week, every single season because he is healthy and he's just so productive in that offense. And so, yeah, it's not so much of a risk then because that's one of the biggest things that you want to do in fantasy football, avoid the risk. And if you could get a guy who's so disp- dependable every single week, that's you know safe pick to take in the first round.
1: Well, and not only dependable every week at his position, but look at the quarterback position where Patrick Mahomes has barely missed a game since sure. he's been named the uh, chief starter. And you know, let's assume worst-case scenario: Mahomes has a, and not that I'm hoping this happens, but Mahomes has a Tom Brady ACL situation in week one. Yeah. Uh Amert, do you know who the Chiefs' backup is now that Chad Henne retired? <laughs>
0: That's right, Chad Hetty retired.
1: So you walked off in the sunset. Is I want to say it's guy... McDaniel? No, is a guy yeah. you're pretty familiar with. A guy I'm pretty familiar with. Um, is it Nick Mullins? Nope. That would actually be a good backup though. That's not bad. That's not a bad call. Yeah, I don't know then. Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert fantastic. So not bad, but man, he I mean, you can, not bad. you can attest to this. That man loves himself some tight ends. It's true. Very true. So, like, even if Mahomes goes down, that like you said, that consistency of just his is depend consistency of dependability is that he will be good no matter who's that quarterback. But Mahomes also has proven that he's probably not going to go down unless something catastrophic happens. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh yeah, Travis Kelsey, easily number one tight end. Uh number one tight end what college, her
0: Oh, this one's easy, Cincinnati. Damn it
1: go bearcats damn it
0: <laughs> who was his quarterback uh, pff, that one i have no idea
1: i don't know either i believe it was tony, I, <laughs> I believe it was tony pike pff, i could sure. i could be Your totally by, that. Pff, i have no idea tony pike tried to buy i don't know indianapolis carolina come
0: on oh yeah, I never would have known that. Um, So we talk about Travis Kelsey and his consistency, right? But let's talk about tight ends that we're just not as high on because they probably lack that consistency. So let's get into some tight end buzz here, Tad. So who's a tight end that you're just not particularly liking as we head into the 2023 season? A guy that you're probably not going to draft.
1: So I, I went for like a two-for-one special here because I'm going to use this guy's name to bring down another player. I'm I'm going to be a real oh, hater here. Wow. All right. Yeah, All exactly. Right. So first off, don't trust Noah Fan. We've talked about this on the podcast yeah, before. That's, it's yeah. he's done. It's purely, uh, you know, speculation of like, he looks really good. Maybe he'll be good. And it's just like, no, we're done with that. Noah Fant is a bust. He's never eclipsed 500 yards in his career. But on top of that, I'm calling it Noah Fant syndrome. And you know who I think has Noah Fant syndrome? It's Dawson Knox. In Mm -hmm. Buffalo, I think this is a tight end that people are going to look at. And I am by people, I mean, very casual fantasy fans, because any legitimate fantasy researcher knows that this guy doesn't have it like he's he looks the part. He, you know, is a good tight end, but fantasy wise, production wise, he just doesn't have it. So let's let's get the elephant out of the room right away. Dalton Kincaid. The tight end at Utah that Buffalo just drafted, he's going to eat into Knox's uh, production. So that's an issue right off the bat. And on to the fact that, look, let's just face facts. This offense doesn't like tight ends. Dawson yeah. Knox mm-hmm. has not succeeded in this offense whatsoever. And it's super frustrating when you are in a successful offense and they just don't like a certain position, whether it be running back, whether it be, tight end and unfortunately for dable's offense or not dable sorry he left what two years ago with uh buffalo's <laughs> offense uh it's just but that was the thing when dable left i was like okay maybe now dawson knox is the guy to you know benefit from Dable leaving no, no, no. they clearly kept the same offensive system where they look his way occasionally in the red zone but he's just never going to do that so He's never – he being Dawson Knox has never gone for over 600 yards in his career, and this stat shocked me, Mark. He's never had over 50 catches in his career. That doesn't surprise me as much because he's always
0: been viewed as a touchdown-dependent option. I think we saw that one season that he had – I think it might have been two, maybe three seasons ago where just Josh Allen was looking his way consistently. He scored like what I think – eight or nine touchdowns and all of a sudden people were on the Dawson Knox bandwagon. But yeah, I think it's very much like you're laying out. It's just not a position that they're addressing as much in the offense. They very much rely on Stephon Diggs, obviously. And, you know, Gabe Davis, who we hope and Isaiah McKenzie and some of those guys. And so it's just like, yeah, in the red zone. Yeah. He could be a good target there, but just, yeah, if he's not scoring touchdowns, It's very hard. to trust.
1: It's worthless. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, gets me to my general point of like, I think a lot of people, well, I shouldn't say a lot, but I think a a fair amount of people will be drafting Knox as a tight end one Mm -hmm. of like, oh, I think this is a sleeper. Like they're, they think they're being smart here and don't do it because it's just, it's, it's your phone. It's, you know, it's that trap you're falling for. Where you think you're getting a sleeper, but in reality, you're actually getting the, this year's biggest bust. Especially, like I said, Dalton Kincaid. I'm really, really worried about him eating into produ- production. So Dawson Knox, streaming option, 100%. Your tight ends on a you know bye week, you need somebody, it depends on the matchup. Sure, Dawson Knox is worth a look. But in terms of like, oh, I can depend on this guy, absolutely not. Stay away from him.
0: Yeah, I think I very much view Dawson Knox as like your backup tight end option if you decide to go with if twin that, tight ends. That, um, but, yeah, it's not a guy that I want in my starting lineup week in and week out because it's just – it's too hard to trust him week in and week out. And he's going to so, get
1: two points one week, eight points the next. And, and that's the whole thing is like if the ceiling is eight points, he even worth rostering at that point. Like like I said, like I think just take that gamble. Hope he's on the waiver wire when you really need him.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So,
1: yeah, Dawson Ox is a good
0: pick there. I'm actually gonna go with a little bit of a surprise pick because he actually saw this, and you were a little surprised that I picked this guy as well. And this is a name that we just brought up when we were talking about Travis Kelsey, as he was one of the only other tight ends to score double digit touchdowns, and that's George Kittle. That's oh, Adam bust.
1: Here. Whoa, whoa, whoa whoa, and, whoa, 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 whoa. Time out. Where do you live? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. I always, you know, traditionally, I very answer, much... The answer the of question. Like Where do you card. live?
1: I live in the Bay Area, so... Okay, so you live in the Bay Area. Who's your favorite team? The San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> Who's their best player? Arguably, it could be Christian McCaffrey. You're goddamn wrong. It's George Kittle. <laughs> what is wrong with you? But anyway, all right. Convince me. Conv- this is... You know what? I'm a teacher. This is a pop quiz. Convince me that George Kittle is going to be a boss. So...
0: Yes. On this podcast, I've definitely been, you know, the victim of playing the Homer card a lot, favoring a lot of
1: my own guys. I think we both have to be fair, but. No, it's true.
0: It's very true. But I think in this case, I'm not. Hating George Kittle. Like I'm not saying right. don't draft this guy. I think it's more of just like like we've talked about in previous podcast episodes. It's just that where he's being drafted, I think it's just being a little bit too early. Because I mean, he's being in some drafts that I'm seeing him being going as the second tight end off the board, and I feel like that may be a little bit high. I think I'm seeing it the second. Also, I'm seeing it as the third tight end off the board, which is you know probably what's going to happen in your fantasy draft. But I think for me, it's just a little bit of an overreach because. The biggest thing that I worry about is that seven of his 11 career-high career, to, uh, career high touchdowns that he had last year came in the final four weeks of the season. He also averaged 21.6 fantasy points. So you look at that, you're like, okay, he's playing with Brock Purdy during that time. So it's like he's looking to be the starter as we head into the 2023 season. Like, we'll still – we're at trading camp. There's lots of talk about possibly it's going to be Brock Purdy, possibly it's to Trey Lance. Most likely it's going to be Brock Purdy, but just – a lot of optimism that that connection between Brock Purdy and George Kittle will continue his next season. And I'm like, yeah, that is a possibility, but I just don't know which Brock Purdy we're going to get. Are we going to get that guy that we saw at the end of last year? Are we going to get a guy that's now, a lot of defenses understand, is the starter? They're going to be more prepared for him, so they're going to be able to game plan for him, so he may not be as sharp as he was toward the end of this last season. And then, Tad, like I said, through the final four weeks of the season, George Kittle was red hot. He was the tight end that you wanted to own. But through the other 11 games that he played in, Tad, this is where I see the drop-off, and this is what worries me about people overdrafting him then, is that he scored four total touchdowns in that span, and he averaged half the fantasy points per game production only 10.4 fantasy points per game and so that worries me because like we talked about we're looking for consistency and so if you see majority of the season you're drafting this guy as like you know possibly your third round pick maybe fourth round pick depending on how your draft goes and you're getting only like about you know 10 points per per game from your number one starting position there, that's what worries me as far as, like, I think I could wait a little bit longer, address other positions, and maybe take a little bit more of a gamble, go two tight ends a little bit later that I'm willing to take a little bit more of a risk on, like you talked about, pairing up, like, a Dawson Knox with somebody else, you know, taking Dallas Goddard, who I will have a little bit more optimism on, so – I think that's why I'm just a little bit more worried that he's going to be overdrafted as far as where his ADP is. And then also you have to look at the offense that now we talked we talked about this in a running back episode. Christian McCaffrey is our running back number one, and he's going to get featured a lot in this offense because he's just a perfect fit for that offense. So you look at him. They obviously got Debo Samuel. They got Brandon who had a sensational season last year as well, so he's going to continue to grow. So you got other pieces of this offense, and George Kittle loves to block, and they like to run the ball. So, I mean, he's not going to run as many routes as he can in this office to be that productive as well so it just worries me that him going that high he's not going to give you that level of prediction production that you're hoping for from a guy like a Travis Kelsey they'll go higher than him maybe Mark Anders will go higher than him potentially DJ Hawkinson might go a little bit higher than him too depending on who you're playing with right but just I think that's the biggest thing for me is just like it's the it's the value that we're seeing right so if you're drafting him a little bit later I could probably see it there but just when it comes to fantasy football, you want that consistency. And with George Kittle, it's just hard to trust that in the San Francisco offense.
1: Here's where I struggle. So first okay. off, I, right. I give I give you a B. Okay. I give you a B. You you <laughs> kind of convinced me. Here's right. where I'm struggling, right. though. Is like right. it's such a and this is the word I was struggling to find at the beginning of the episode is the tight end position is such a graveyard. That is the, true. That, no, that's, you're the, right, right. that's the word I was looking for earlier is it's such a graveyard of a position. When you're looking at me like he only averaged 10 points for a game. I'm like, shit, I'd go for 10 points per game for my tight end. <laughs> like, all right, without a touchdown too. like, all right, like that's a lot of usage there. So sure. I, I think the 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 key point you had, though, was where are you drafting? Yes. Because if I get him in the third or fourth round and he's giving me 10 points a game, I am happy. I'm sitting there like, all right, that was a good draft pick. I'm happy with that. But – If I'm drafting him in the second or, God forbid, the first round, and he's only giving me 10 points a game at tight end, because, again, that's where, you know, the difference between Kittle and Kelsey is. Yes. Is with Kelsey, if he's giving me 10 points a game, I'm pissed because I drafted you in the first round. I'm expecting at least 15 to 20, like somewhere in that range, on a pretty consistent basis. Yep. But the whole thing is, again, if if I get him being Kittle in the second third or fourth round and he's averaging me 10 points at the tight end position. I'm pretty happy, but if I'm drafting him in the first round like what you said some people might do, that's that's dangerous. is don't expect Kittle to be Kelsey where he can carry your team. If you draft Kittle as your tight end one, that's a good pick, but then you need it's not like a, you know, what I was talking about earlier where, oh yeah, if you take some good sleepers here and there, your team's set. No, He's not consistent enough to do that. So I kind of see where you come from, where it's draft Kittle with the right expectations is be sure, especially because, like I've said this multiple times on podcast, I am part of an auction draft league. If anyone is willing to go over $40 for Kittle, I think that's overpaying. I'm not I'm not paying over 40 for him. So but I think I I'm willing to bet he will go for over 40 just on name recognition.
0: Yeah, and the season that he had last year, like I said, scored score career high a touchdowns, and the but week, like you said, a lot of that production came in that. later. Exactly, exactly.
1: So it's just yeah, it's I think he's a safe bet to do well for you at tight end, but I don't think he's a tight end that can carry your team like Kelsey can.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what people may draft him with the expectation happening. And so that's Mm -hmm. why it's like I'm labeling him a bust, quote-unquote. I'm still drafting him, but just like I'm looking at where he is and what other other players are available at the running back position, possibly the quarterback position, the wide receiver position, whatever. And I'm I'm sort of doing the value base as far as like is this a guy that I can depend on here versus like somebody else who I may not get sort of thing. So yeah. Arguably, I mean, I'll continue to say this. George Kittle is the best tight end in the game. But when it comes to fantasy football, that is definitely Travis Kelsey.
1: It's just the system doesn't work as, you know, work in his favor either with fantasy football numbers. Like, yeah. we're, we're not yeah. saying he's going to be bad this year. We're just no, saying he's not, not going definitely to be not. the player that yes. carries your team that some people are expecting. Exactly. Um, Kevin McCormick, if you're listening to this, uh, go ahead and grab him, buddy. <laughs> that's, that's my friend of a 49ers fan. So there you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, All right. So let's get to the other side,
0: like we like to do. You know, we start with the bad, but let's do it with the good now. Here, let's talk about a guy that we're sort of like maybe flying under the radar. That maybe a lot, not a lot of people are thinking about at the tight end position. That could be a potential, like you know, savior for your fancy team if you start to struggle a little bit, or just a guy
1: that you know we like to label as sleepers. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do the thing. Ready? Let's hear it. Broncos country, let's ride.
0: (laughs) Ride again, I guess. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Did they ride it in the first place? I don't think they were I don't don't even think they're riding to the horse. Just like you know,
0: the horse was riding backwards, and they were running to the other side. I think they, I think think they mounted the
1: horse, and it bucked them right off. Like that's what happened. Yeah,
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So, but anyway, I'm telling you people, I'm a Broncos believer. So not only are a lot of the receivers, you know, fancy prospects to look out for but i'm taking greg uh greg Dulcich. oh some of Dulcich. a bitch yeah. <laughs> you almost had it Dulc- yeah you, you had it before Dulcich. Started. Dulcich. And then all of out of, out of what school
0: greg Dulcich out of good school of our network here that's ucla
1: yeah, good job. See, that one I wasn't upset about. Uh, Yeah, so Greg <laughs> Dolcich, excuse there you me. Go. There we go. I think that this guy is the best sleeper of the year because he's currently drafted. I looked this up. His ADP is 12th, 12th round. 12th round or 12th at the position? 12th round. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's Yeah, right? Cool. <laughs> that's a pretty good ADP, which means like this is a guy that, honest to God, like, if you, if you don't trust my word here that he's a good sleeper, you could just let him probably go undrafted and just keep an eye on him on waivers as well. So if you want to do that, that's the way to go. But I'm telling you, if you are the type of player that takes a backup tight end, that's an interesting uh, podcast topic, by the way. Should you take a backup tight end? Because I, I waver on that. But either way, I he is draftable, in my opinion, because... When he was healthy, he was only healthy for about 10 games for the uh, Denver Broncos last year. He saw 80% of the snaps last year, 80% when he was healthy. So there's no worry about competition. Oh, is he going to see, you know, is is some guy going to come up behind him and steal the chop? No, he is the guy here. And another important thing to note is he was tied for first in targets. On the team with Jerry Judy last year. So, like, they look his way in this offense. And that wasn't even Sean Payton's offense. And speaking of Sean Payton, he had six tight ends finishing the top ten over the last decade in his offense. So, not only were they initially looking at... Dulcich? There you go. There we go. All <laughs> right, how about that? Not only were they looking at Dulcich's way just last year, but now they have an offense that is specifically targeted towards the tight end with Russell Wilson, with a coach that knows how to make the most of a quarterback, especially a quarterback that's a little bit mobile and knows how to make the most out of the pocket. So I think that Dulcich, I don't think he's going to blow anyone away with his numbers, but do not be surprised if he ends up as a top 10 tight end. This is a guy that you can take either, like I said, on the waivers or in the very, very late rounds of the draft that could end up being a mainstay of your roster.
0: Yeah, I very much like Dulcich as well, especially in that offense, like you said, with Sean Payton. The only thing that could sort of like worry me as far as Dulcich and the whole tight end position is that – Sean Payne sometimes likes to use multiple tight ends. So it's like, does, yes, you'll okay. have a primary tight end. And so hopefully that's definitely going to be Greg Dulcich here. Um, but I've also talked about when we did our deep dive on Sean Payne, I talked about Albert O, Albert Oakwood Ibenom, and that he sort of fits that same mold as Jimmy Graham during his prime, as far as like a make and build and that sort of athleticism. They think uh, J- Albert O is a little bit faster, a little bit more athletic compared to Jimmy Graham at that time, uh, when they were both in their prime there. So It's a possibility that maybe just Nathaniel Hackett just didn't see a way to use Albert O the offense last year. That's why Nathaniel Hackett can see. (laughs) So, yeah, okay, that's a separate issue, too. But just like the fact that just
1: is is the game clock included on that. So I wasn't able to
0: utilize Albert O probably the way that a lot of people wanted because I had him as a breakout last year. I really thought he was going to be a good tight end, but just unfortunately he barely saw the field. He was hurt a little bit, but just overall just – it didn't seem like it was a match with that offense. Now you go into a different offense here with Sean Payton. Like you said, it's a little bit more – friendly with the tight end in the offense you could possibly see that albert o could be involved a little bit more and we could see a little bit of some split time between him and Dulcich. but yeah everything i saw from Dulcich last year i think he's very much a guy that could be dependable if he's given enough opportunities and i think he can have those opportunities because in seattle russell was not loved throwing to the tight end just obviously last year was just a complete anomaly where it's just like this offense. i'm absolutely not jimmy graham
1: like <laughs> But no, I, I agree with what you're saying is it's, yes, this is why, you know, preseason matters is I know they cut, they cut a preseason game. And so people are like, ah, it doesn't matter anymore. No, it is very important to keep track of who is getting the most, you know, tight end one snaps because you're absolutely correct. I mean, this is what makes a sleeper a sleeper is I'm rolling the dice on. Dulcich is going to be the guy that wins out this battle, but there's absolutely a battle happening in that position. And if Albert O gets it, then fuck it. I'll switch to Albert. O. I I have no yep. loyalty to this team. <laughs> so absolutely. One of them is a great tight end sleeper. It's just, uh, right now I'm rolling the dice on, uh, uh, Dulcich, but uh, yeah, if Albert O wins out that position battle, hundred percent go with him. I don't care. Yeah. I, think I do we've care. Both I just- care about your team. <laughs> <laughs> not yours, not yours, our viewers.
0: Not mine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, of exactly. course not. Especially um, not <laughs> Uh But I think we could both say in agreement here that we both like the tight end position in Denver yes. if everything goes yeah. right with Sean Payton, which I think we're. Pretty much insane that I think it will, uh, but yeah, whether that's Dulcich, whether that's Albert O, whether it's some other mystery tight end that suddenly comes out of nowhere, how I think just would that be?
1: That would be awesome. <laughs> that'd be pretty insane. Uh,
0: but yeah, so I do like Dulcich. If it's Albert O, I very much like him as well in the offense. So just like like Tad said, well, let's see how preseason goes. Let's see how training camp is going because that is underway right now as well. So yeah, we'll see how this all plays out. Who's getting more reps with the number one team there? And that'll sort of give you an idea as far as like who you can take a late round flyer on. Or like Tad said, let them both go because Alvaro is definitely going undrafted. Nobody's drafting that guy. But Greg Dulcich possibly will go undrafted as well. So these are guys that you add to your priority priority waiver list as far as like watch list is like as soon as they start going, go, you want to add these guys. So those are guys you can sort of keep on that radar
1: for sure. It's like the Godzilla scene from the first Godzilla movie where it's like let them fight. Yeah. Like, just let them fight. Let's exactly. see who wins out. And it's just like, okay, you're my dude. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Which is why so, you don't
1: draft in early August, Yes, psychos. It's true. It's true. Does- um, so I'm going to get
0: to my tight end sleeper here. And he had a pretty impressive season last year, sort of like a quote-unquote breakout. That That's why I'm sort of picking him to sort of break out a little bit better. Jelani which- Woods. <sighs> I still got I still got optimism for Jelani Woods,
1: especially now with I the quarterback. I'm not going to lie. He was almost my pick for sleeper this year.
0: <laughs> I like me some Jelani Woods. I'm sticking with that one. But no, I'm going in a different direction here. I'm going to go to New Orleans Saints. I'm going to go with okay. Jawan Johnson, the tight end out of which college, Dad?
1: Oh, Jesus. Uh, Houston? No, not Houston. Pack 12 <laughs> uh, Pac-12. It's not USC. I would know if it was USC. Colorado? No. Nope. Fuck. The University of
0: Oregon. Damn University of Oregon. Yeah, I had no idea. He's That's why duck? I had to really. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I had no I, idea. That's why I no. thought I'd
1: ask you because I figured you would. What round? <laughs> Wait, hold on. I'm gonna look this up. Yeah. All right. You give your case. I'm gonna look. I'm, um. Wow. But yeah, so Johnson enters his
0: fourth season in the NFL, and honestly, Tad, every single season he's been in the NFL, he's gotten more involved in the offense. So you look at his targets from his rookie year up until last year. He had 10 targets. Then it went to 22.
1: You cheated. He started his collegiate career at Penn State. That is a cheat. It's where he finishes, not where he started. Shut up. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, so it's – Oh, wow. He was was, undrafted too? Jesus.
0: Yes. Yeah, so his targets started from 10 in his rookie year, then he got to 22, and then he had 65 last season. And then he was also third on the team in targets last season as well. And, Ted, he led the team with receiving touchdowns with seven. So, I mean, he was very much involved in this offense, especially as a touchdown-dependent sort of option there. But heading into 2023, I think the big thing that I wanted to talk about here is just that – he should have more dependability, more consistency at the quarterback position with Derek Carr under center now. Like, I mean, that's the big reason why the Royal Saints went after this guy is because he's healthy, he stays healthy, he's very durable, and he's a guy that you could depend on week in and week out. So I think they got that guy after all the best they had with. Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston and Ian Book for a
1: little bit too. Like, I mean, all those Taysom guys. Hill. Taysom Hill. <laughs> Taysom Hill for a little bit
0: too. Yeah, <laughs> of course, of course. So, with Derek Carter Center, I very much like Johnson's optimism heading into 2023. Another big thing, Tad, is just that I don't know if I trust as much the receiving options outside of Chris Olave. Like, I mean, we talked about Michael Thomas, like – he hasn't returned to Forbes since 2019. He hasn't even returned to the field,
1: really. He, I mean, you was know say he hasn't returned to anything in <laughs> exactly. the last three years. So it's like still a. I mean, Kamara pressure. killed a guy. Yeah, practically. So I mean, it's just like Brick killed a guy.
0: <laughs> it's
1: kind of like that. Where, where did like, he get I... a grenade? <laughs>
0: So, I mean, it's just like I don't know how much I can trust the other options in uh, New Orleans there besides Chris Olave. But even that, it's like if he's the only option, I wonder if defenses start going to start targeting him a little bit more as far as coverage is going. And that can sort of leave things open for J- Johnson because Michael Thomas, like I said, huge question mark. Who knows what we're going to get from him? Alvin Kamara, like you said, it still has been suspended by the NFL. There's still a possibility. But regardless we, of but that. We,
1: we, we talked about this in the running back episode. Even if he's not suspended, his effectiveness is gone like it's. It, it's Nosedived in the last exactly years. exactly he's not being utilized in the
0: passing offense as much as he has been in previous years and plus like, you got Kendra
1: Miller to look out for
0: I do like me some Kendra Miller yeah be you do. There. yeah so, you do um so yeah Alvin Kamara is just not that dependable option that he once was you look at the veteran receivers that they have Brian Edwards Traquan Smith Rasheed oh, Shahid he's emerged good. last year but just like he Hilton did he was
1: of, actually pretty good.
0: But those are guys that I'm not going to consistently depend on week in and week out. It's like you're going to get that flash of the pad. It's like this guy's going to be good. This guy's going to be good. This guy's going to be good. So it's just like I don't know if I could depend on those guys. And the last thing, rookie A.T. Perry, it's like I don't know what we can expect from him. But he sort of falls into that last category of just like, yeah, he may come in and flash every so often. But he's not going to be a guy that's week in and week out. He's going to be a dependable guy. So that sort of leaves things open for Jawad Johnson, who's been familiar with this offense for three seasons now. He's heading into a big season here, like I said. Dependability at the quarterback position but once again, this is not a guy that's going to be a starter for you. He's very much that sleeper sort of category where it's like you're going to draft him to be on your bench, possibly depending in your league. He may go undrafted as well, but he's the perfect guy that you want to pair up with another tight end. So it's like you look at a guy like maybe you take Cole Komet, who just signed a huge extension with the Chicago Bears. So I mean, you look at you pair him up with him, you can pair him up with possibly like a Dalton Schultz from Houston. So you have these guys that's like most likely they should be good with their teams, but just in case they start to falter then you have a backup in Jawan Johnson who could be a sleeper streaming option for you so you can sort of rotate between the two tight ends as you go throughout the season instead of depending on one guy now you have two guys that can sort of like rotate based on the matchups there so Jawan Johnson as far as like just his involvement in the offense I like it and I think with the touchdown dependency as well like I think he's going to be involved heavily there he's going to be a guy that like I said you target late he
1: could be a league winner
0: for, for you possibly
1: yeah, I like this pick as a sleeper depending on your fantasy expertise. And what I mean by that is he, he's a good sleeper for very casual fantasy football fans. But anybody that takes fantasy football as seriously as we do, um, he's not really a sleeper, right? Because he's finished, he finished almost top five last year. So, like, if, people, if you're paying attention – He's a good tight end, and you know that. But I, this is why I like it as a sleeper pick, is because I promise you, half the league I'm in right now, the one that I care about the most, with all my, you know, college friends, half of them don't even know Johnson's name. Yep. And so that's the whole thing. It's like it's it's how close are you paying attention? So if if you recognize his value, 100% you're going to benefit from this. So yes, in a way, he it's it's a weird dichotomy, right? Of like he is a very good sleeper, but he shouldn't be. Where it's like he's he's proven time and time again that he is dependable. So why is he still a sleeper? And he shouldn't be, but you're absolutely right. Is he is he's going undervalued. So I absolutely love this pick, especially because, like you said, you know, they're they're the flashier picks to go for, and this guy is going to be available in later rounds, and he honestly could end up being the tight end that is in your starting roster come championship week. That is how Very dependable true. he is. So uh yeah, good pick, buddy. Love it. And, and another thing to say too is and keep in mind who is one of the you know biggest raider stars of the last decade Darren Waller mhm right and that came from Derek Carr's love of Darren Waller now you could argue that's Darren Waller being so good but I would argue that's Derek Carr's love of using the tight end and the fact that Carr went through so many systems but Waller was still that consistent shows me that okay that wasn't a system thing that wasn't like oh this system loves the tight ends no I think just Derek Carr loves tight ends and so that will be another thing to keep in mind as like you said New Orleans has Finally, more consistency at quarterback. So, yeah, Jawan Johnson, honestly, and hopefully none of my friends are listening to this, might be my my tight end pick of, like, tight end is always one of those positions I try to put off as long as possible. And Jawan Johnson is a great little, like, streamer option to fit in there towards the later rounds.
0: Yeah, and I know there might be some people thinking, well, wait, the Saints just re-signed Jimmy Graham. So, it's like, is he going to be involved in the offense no, I'm no. sorry. He's just not the same no. Jimmy Graham we're used to seeing in New Orleans. Like, prime I mean, Jimmy Graham in New Orleans. Like, that's a guy that you need to be worried about. I feel this like Jimmy that was Graham,
1: almost a ceremonial signing. Like, that's what just... a
0: lot of people are expecta- expecting, but I don't think it's a ceremonial signing. I think he's going to play the full year, but just – yeah, He his will. He will,
1: but like, like I said, more, some, be some ball. Symbolic yeah, is exactly. the better Symbolic's word. a better yeah. one. Yeah. Symbolic's yeah. a Symbolic. way
0: better word So, yeah, I don't think he's going to be very involved in the offense. A lot of people may be worried about Foster Moreau, who played in Las Vegas with Derek Carr, <laughs> and, probably and probably. he came over to the Royal Saints, but. I mean, I think Foster Moreau had maybe one good season after Darren Waller sort of got hurt, and I mean, one good game, excuse me, before yeah, Darren Waller got go. hurt. There we go. Uh, but yeah, he wasn't anywhere consistent that often. So, very much, I think Jawan Johnson is the most talented tight end in this group, and he'll be the starter and he'll be the most involved. And yeah, Derek Carr will look his way a ton for sure this upcoming season. So,
1: Mer, um, um, are you getting a little hot in here?
0: It is a little bit toasty here. The I'm getting Airings. a little. Yeah, yeah no, definitely, I'm I'm, definitely. I'm
1: sweating a little bit. It's about 105 degrees in Dallas right now. So. uh ooh,
0: fun times.
1: Oh yeah. You know what that means?
0: Yeah, I think I do.
1: It's time for hot takes, buddy. Let's do it. 100. <laughs> <100%, laughs> All All right, so. you go first. I go first. Who wants to go first? Uh you can take it, man. You can All take right. righty, Amer. You mentioned him. This man he just did. received 50 million dollars, 32 guaranteed. There Good for go. him. Mm-hmm. Cole Komet is going to lead the Chicago Bears in receiving touchdowns this year. Draft this person to be your number one tight end. I am telling you why is because first off, while I love DJ Moore as a sleeper at receiver, if you get DJ Moore and Travis Kelsey together, your team's going to be dirty, but I still think that Cole Komet is going to be the number one target for Justin Fields in the red zone because DJ Moore is a little bit of a smaller receiver, not quite the red zone target that a lot of people have not saying DJ Moore is not going to have a lot of touchdowns, but I think Cole Komet as the big body receiver that he is, he is going, if Justin Fields is not looking to run it, he is going to be looking Cole Komet's way. And I know what you're saying is maybe that's a little too knee jerk, but Cole Komet actually led the Chicago Bears last season with seven touchdown receptions. Pop quiz for you, since you pop quiz me. Okay. <laughs> Who was second on the Bears uh, receiving touchdown leaders with three? Second on the team with three? Jeez. If you get this, I will be so impressed. Um, looking
0: at the state of affairs with the Chicago Bears last year, so Darnell Mooney was hurt. It was not Darnell um, Mooney. I'll bail you out that yeah, one. Yeah, no, I know. I'm not I, I, I saying it was, but I'm just saying sure. so it wasn't him. They acquired Chase Claypool, but was he wasn't as effective for him. Um, Equanime St. Brown is a possibility. David oh, Montgomery is a possibility, and maybe Khalil Herbert's a possibility. So I'm gonna go with uh, ESB. Equinemus St. Brown. Ah, ah. Ah, damn. Is it Jimmy Graham? That was my second
1: guess. Dante Pettis.
0: Oh, jeez. Dante (laughs) Pettis. Oh, Lord.
1: (sighs) So, my entire point is that while Chicago has done a phenomenal job this offseason, don't get me wrong, I love everything they've done, but I think that they basically only have two legitimate receiving weapons still which is Comet and DJ Moore and yeah. while DJ Moore again like I said is a good receiver I don't think he will outdo Comet in the red zone that is where the key uh you know production from Comet is going to happen so Cole Komet is going to be a very touchdown-dependable fantasy option, but if you draft him to be a tight end number one, I don't think you're going to be disappointed. He's going to lead the Chicago Bears in touchdowns this year. I like that assessment. I think very much
0: we saw the Cole commit that a lot of us were expecting. We throw
1: some ice in the furnace there, but I, keep <laughs>
0: Sorry, going. but I still think it's a little bit risky because yeah, I think a lot of hype is surrounding such Moore, more just dependent. pairing him up with De- Justin Fields. A lot of people are saying that they're giving him a true number one option now. So he doesn't have to run the ball as much as Justin Fields, obviously. And then you move Darnold moon to now the secondary option. And they got Velas Jones, who the draft last year as well. They got more of a uh, solidified trio. I'd probably say there And Chase Kleeful. I mean, He was put on the PUP list. I mean, I don't know his involvement in the offense. We'll see about that as the season goes along. But just anyways, you see that there's more production or possibly more production at the receiver group there that will allow DJ Moore to be more successful and then pair him up with the emerging quarterback in uh, Justin Fields there. But yeah, I think just overall what we saw for Cole Komet and Justin Fields last year, I think that will carry over into this year. So yeah, him lead the team in touchdowns. Like, I mean, it could be a little bit risky with DJ Moore on the roster there, but I like it. I like it. That that could very much happen for sure there. So
1: over um, under. Okay, I want I want to put you. I'm I'm landing you on the same boat with okay. me on this hot take. All right. Over under nine. Eh, let's go eight and a half touchdowns for Komet. I'm I'd probably say over. under.
0: I probably say really. Under. I don't, I okay. don't think you'll get the double digit mark, but I still think it's going to be high enough that he's going to lead the team in receiving touchdowns with eight or so. I think. I think eight is where I'm saying it good. He's going to finish. I'm going to say ten. Ooh. Okay. Okay, that'll be interesting to see how that all plays out there for sure. Um, I'm going to get to my hot take here, and I'm actually going to bring up a name that we had brought up a little bit before as well. And we were talking about Derek Carr and how he made Derek Waller sort of a uh, you know, good weapon there in uh, Las Vegas there for the handful of seasons there. But now with his trade to the Newark Giants, a lot of people are optimistic for him, but I'm not as optimistic for him. Oh, and so he's okay. being drafted as a top 10 tight end. But here's my hot take Dad. He's got to finish outside the top 10. What? I don't think I see it there. It's just like, yeah, I think the physical ability is definitely there. We've seen it there. It's definitely, you know, unmatched. But I think just this offense, we've talked about this before, at least I brought this up before, is just that this offense is just not geared towards passing the ball as much. And so that's what worries me in this offense is that, yeah, he's a good option, but just if they're not going to throw it enough, is that really warranted for him to finish as a top 10 tight end then? So Let's not forget, Ted, also he missed 14 games over the last two seasons. That's fair. It's like, you know, is he sort of – is he going to be able to bounce back from those injuries as well? But just you look at what we – I brought this up before, but Brian Dable saw what he had in Daniel Jones, and I think he was a little bit more conservative in the passing offense to allow him to sort of make the easy throws, get those layup passes that we brought up in the podcast before, and sort of just move the ball that way. And then obviously an extension of the running game that used Saquon Barkley a ton – um, so I think just you look at the offensive weapons that they have. I know they don't have a lot of great options at the wide receiver, Ted. And you know what's so hilarious, Ted? Is that I saw this yesterday. We were talking about the Giants wide receiver group and we're talking about Sterling Shepard and how he's always hurt. He's already put on the PUP. List. Are you kidding me? I
1: actually <laughs> didn't see that. I swear yeah. to God, we're not yeah. doing this for the pod. No, what you? I, do? I don't I don't remember right, what it was, I'm but I got it. the alert Jesus on my phone. And I was Christ. like, wow, well, this
0: is just classic Sterling Shepard. God. Right <laughs> But anyway, so it's like they have these guys. They do get hurt. So, I mean, Darren Waller is probably – Sterling most-
1: Archer is more dependable than this guy.
0: Yeah, that's not even a joke. That's very true there. Um, but I know that Darren Waller of dealt with injuries in the past two years. And- sorry, sorry,
1: sorry. Last yeah. time I'm going to interrupt you, the, the first headline that popped up, Sterling Shepard, Wanda Robinson, six others to miss the start of camp.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. I probably want Wandale Robinson as well. But yeah, yeah. The Sterling Shepard, we brought up that one before. So I was just like, yeah, he's on the POP list again. Um, So I do like Darius Slayton. I do like Isaiah Hodgins. They obviously drafted Jalen Hyatt. So some of those guys I like a lot. Uh, Derek Waller is probably going to be one of the primary options as well. But I think just the biggest thing is just they're going to spread the ball around a lot. So I think it's not going to be like one main guy that Daniel Jones is going to be looking at. And then you also have to look at last year, Tad. If over the course of the entire season, they had four tight ends have targets. You want to guess the total number of targets all four tight ends had at the end of the season? 40. It's more than that. So close to double that. They had 74 targets between four tight ends over the course of the entire I guess season. If you last spread year.
1: around four tight ends, though. like... Wait,
0: yeah, it's me, still not that great. So if you I average it out, it's a little math. less than 19 that. targets per tight end. So I mean, Ooh, that's just
1: telling you. On the season? Of the season, yeah. That's like. I want my tight end seeing 19 targets over like two games. Exactly. So it's just like when you look at that, maybe Daniel Jones, does,
0: like we talked about with Buffalo, maybe just Daniel Jones doesn't look the tight end's way enough to warrant sort of like, OK, Jared Waller is going to get involved in this offense. He's going to be a sort of high production type of player for you to draft for your fantasy leagues. And I will say that when he had Evan Ingram, he did feed him the ball a little bit more. You had a little bit more of an athletic tight end. So maybe we're going to see that here with Jared Waller. But I think I'm leaning more towards just this conservative passing offense. Brian Dable that is just like it's going to go to whoever's open and it may not always be Jared Waller so it's like yeah maybe he's going to have some weeks where he's going to do really well and he's probably going to have like you know 90 yards and a touchdown and with seven receptions something like that but I think we're going to see a lot more of like maybe four receptions for like 40 yards and no touchdowns and so that's not a guy that I want to be drafting as like possibly the fifth or sixth tight end off the board as my possible tight end one and like I said because of all of that I think there's some other tight ends we've we, started the episode this way it's just like the top 10 for the tight end position always is different every single year for the most part so very much i can see where darren waller is going to fall out of the top 10 and some other people like we talked about juwan johnson he may finish in the top 10 we talked about greg dulcich he may finish in the top 10 so it's like there's a lot of other tight ends that i think have a little bit more optimism behind them that they could slip into the top 10 and a guy that you think will finish in the top 10 and darren waller he's gonna fall out so i'm very much falling into the fact that Dare Wall is just not going to see enough targets to warrant him finishing in the top 10. And I'll close with this tad, the leading player on the team last year in targets, Saquon Barkley. Whew. What does that tell you?
1: <laughs> that is brutal. That, is, that was a great stat to end on. Um, shit. You really killed my point. With that <laughs> <last spot.
0: laughs> because
1: I actually disagree with you. I, uh, to a point where I think that that, uh, I mean, Daniel Jones is so inconsistent that that the Giants' receiving core is so okay that uh, <laughs> like, I think Darren Waller will get enough you know targets that he will be fancy relevant. Will he be you know? Is he locked for top ten fancy? Absolutely not. So again, kind of going back to what we were talking about of. It all depends on what are you drafting? Are you drafting Darren Waller to be a, you know, a a bench option, a handcuff option? Then in that case, I think you're going to be fine. But if you're drafting Darren Waller to be like, oh, no, he's my go-to guy at the tight end position, then, yeah, I think that's a bust absolutely right there. So it's all about expectations because, no, I'm not trusting Darren Waller as far as I can throw him, which is about maybe a yard. (laughs) impressive still that you can throw my yard there for sure,
0: though. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, but, yeah, knees. I think – end with the knees. There you go. There you go. So, yeah, I, I I still like Jared Waller, but, yeah, like exactly like I said, it's just expectation versus reality. So it's like where are you drafting him and how do you value him at the tight end position for fantasy purposes? Because for me, I just – the offense I think in New York I think is just going to flow a little bit through uh, Saquon Barkley a little bit more. And we, and we already talked like, about
1: Dable. Like, yeah. I made this mistake earlier in the episode. Dable does not like utilizing tight ends that much in his offense. Yep. So it's yep. just like eh. – how much can you really trust this guy
0: yeah so we'll see how it all plays out but just yeah i don't have that much faith that he'll
1: finish in the top 10 so we'll see how that definitely plays my guess is he'll he'll break top 10 but it'll be like eight nine ten like it's 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 gonna be barely breaking it it could be right at 10 i could see that happening yeah uh, but
0: okay, so that will close out our tight end episode. We got through a lot of great players there, sleepers, bust. We obviously talked about how great Travis Kelsey is in fantasy leagues. And of course, we ended with our fantasy hot takes. But guys, this is obviously just the one last episode. We have one more to go. Talking about the fantasy positions. Obviously, we're going to be combining kickers and defenses into one episode. It's going to be it's gonna be fun times because I mean it's not a position we address. Obviously, a lot of people put a lot of priority into. <laughs> I am but so excited to going... talk about.
1: I am so excited to talk about Jake Moody. <laughs> oh
0: gosh, I forgot about
1: that. I'm not joking. I like guys. Honest to God, I will. You know what? I'll try to tweet this out. Is the timestamp of when the Niners drafted Jake Moody? You can see a shake his head, just look like that yeah. because I was about I don't know 30 seconds behind him, and it was. It, like, we did what, like six hours worth of draft content? Something like
0: that, maybe even more. That that was
1: my favorite <laughs> moment of the six hours was the Jake Moody draft pick.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that'll great. definitely be that brought so up for great. sure, especially because be Ryan
1: Dyrude was on with us when that happened. Yeah, that was yeah. fantastic.
0: That'll, that'll be discussed for sure. But I think just the biggest thing that we understood, Tad, as well, is just that if you can land a good defense and you can consistently use I, them every single I, week. That makes a huge difference for your fantasy team, uh, as far as making the playoffs, possibly not making the playoffs as well. You don't have to worry about streaming defenses, so we'll get into all that in our next episode. But yeah, kings the defenses in our next episode. We already talked about it. We already did quarterbacks. We already did running backs, and we already did receivers. We just finished out tight ends, so make sure you check out all those previous episodes as well. And guys, the best way you can find out about all the episodes that are happening with us, both in the past as well as in the future, you see the ticker down below. You follow us on all our social media handles. You got us on Twitter, inside on 23 @side23. For. we got the show handle at The Decide Guys and, of course, on Instagram at The Decide Guys as well. That's where we drop all of our episodes, where we drop our position rankings. So, I mean, we'll get tight end rankings out pretty soon as well. Um, and just anything and everything in between. Make sure you're interacting with us because, like I said, we'll reinforce this every single time we talk about it. We want to help you win your league. So, I mean, interact with us. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Like, what do you think about certain tight ends? You know, do you want certain advice on, you know, how you draft? You know, other sleepers that we like, other busts that we don't like, obviously. You know, depending on where your draft position is. Like, you know, if you need specific advice for where you're drafting, uh, the type of league that you're in. Because like like Tad said, he plays in auction league. That's a little bit different strategy than your standard redraft. So, I mean, it's just like we'll give you all the advice that we can. But we can't help you unless you reach out to us. So please reach out to us. We'd love to help you out. We'd love to definitely, like I said, win you some titles this year in 2023. Um, Guys, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We're listening to your podcast. Subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you're watching all of our videos. And I think big thing, too, make sure you subscribe to our Parrot Network, LAFB Network. Without them, there would be no us. They they gave you great coverage. Obviously, with Trading Camp going on, they had a great interview, Chargers Unleashed, with um, Rashad Slater. So, I mean, go check out that video. They were able to get an interview with him. So they got you covered with the Chargers and the Rams. Obviously, Justin Herbert signed a huge deal, so they got you covered with all that used to. So they got you covered with the Chargers and the Rams at the NFL level. And college football is right around the corner as well, right before the NFL. College football will kick off one week before that. So, yeah, they got you covered with the Tro- uh, Trojans and the Brewers at the college level. But, guys, to everybody who's watching us, who's listening, interacting with us, I mean, just anything and everything in between, guys, we really can't thank you enough.
1: And one thing Emery left out was: don't forget, with college football right around the corner, we are still your go-to draft podcast. We are still paying attention to the 2024 NFL draft. So, Caleb Williams, I know Al is very Alfred Rowe is very upset with me for saying that I may like Drake May more. So, if you <laughs> like that yeah. more you know, that kind of content coming forward, be sure to keep checking in with us as the season comes along because we are going to be paying attention. I'm so excited. I finally got a way to make a mirror watch college football. It's great. So we are going to keep doing that. But more (laughs) importantly, like, look guys, we are five days away from August right here from, uh, you know, time of recording. So drives are coming up. So if you have any questions, don't feel, you know, shy or embarrassed to ask any questions there's no such thing as dumb question i tell all my students that it's not necessarily the truth but that's why i tell them but anyway we are here to help you so be sure to reach out to us like we like immerse said all of our socials are right there and as always everyone thank you so much for listening thank you so much for watching and please stay safe everyone